You're listening to the Health by Design podcast, and I'm your host, Roar Alexander, wellness architect and functional lifestylist. I spent nearly six years of my life on a journey through the ancient East to bring you the cutting-edge combination of modern Western health sciences blended with the time-proven ancient traditions, principles, and practices that have flourished through thousands of years across countless cultures, peoples, and nations. Join me and my many special guests from all corners of the globe as we aim to help you live stronger, longer, and better. So I'm here with Marielle Coe of, uh, what is it? It is By Nature. So is it By Nature Design? By Nature Design, yes. Okay. And um, you are a biophilic designer. Designer, right? yeah. yeah. So today what we're going to talk about is just what the heck is biophilic design? <laughs> because I say that word all the time and people have no idea. And then you hear like biophilia. Yes. And it sounds very strange. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, even though my, some of my friends are, you know, interior designers and even architects, um, they don't know what biophilic design is. So why don't we talk a little bit about what it is, where it came from, okay. how it came to be, and what it's all about. Well, I think a good place to start is probably to talk about biophilia in mm-hmm. general. Um, it's actually quite intuitive, um, but it's also sometimes a little bit harder to explain or uh, define. Okay. Um, but Edward Wilson in the 1980s, mm-hmm. um, he's kind of been credited with um, coining the term biophilia in a, in a sense. And what it means is essentially that we all have, as humans, have an innate um, fondness or love of nature or all things natural. Mm-hmm. Um, so we think when we think about putting that into uh, design, a practice of design, it's essentially the theory of reconnecting people. And I say reconnecting because, you know, we were once all connected to nature mm-hmm. more than we, we think. And it's not just a luxury, it's actually something that is, um, you know, a physiological connection that we have with nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can do that in many different ways. There's certainly different theories and practices about regarding biophilic design, so it's quite open in that sense. Yeah, there's no real um, strict rules. No, there's it? no yeah. strict rules, and uh, the thing that's, you know, that we need to realize as well as designers is that nature can be incorporated into our buildings and in in our indoor space in many different ways. Mm -hmm. It's not always, you know, simply with plants. Um, I think that's probably the clear um, design that when we, uh, you know, think of a a potted plant on our desk or, you know, Mm -hmm. a green wall in our space. Yeah, those little glass balls that are so popular now in Vancouver. Exactly, yes, (laughs) terrariums and... uh, They are just one form or one way that we can bring nature indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you've heard of Terrapin Bright Green. Uh, nope, that doesn't ring a bell. They are an organization in the U.S. and they did a lot of research about how to kind of design with nature. And what okay. they found is that there's essentially 14 patterns of biophilic mm. uh, design. Okay. And these patterns could also be, you know, a physical connection to nature, bringing in water features, sounds, everything like that for your senses. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a lot of forms of natural stimuli, natural forms and shapes that you get, not just from um, having the presence of plants or a natural environment, but just in, in terms of mimicking, you know, a natural Are you talking like circles over sharp edges it, and stuff exactly, like that? Exactly, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Even if you have, you know, elements of wood in your, you know, in your furniture, your designs, mm-hmm. that can also emphasize uh, nature, but even art, essentially. Hmm. Now, 
a lot of this sounds very much kind of like feng shui yes. in a bit in a way so would you say biophilic because I'm, I'm a big feng shui person would you say that biophilic design is kind of um is it kind of a westernized sort of answer to feng shui because you know you've talked about water elements and wood mm -hmm. and things like that uh, which feng shui is also very concerned with and that and actually a big part of feng shui is it literally means wind and water because okay. it's about living with nature would you say this is kind of a western idea that but without the superstition um you know i think it's i don't want to label it as a western idea mm -hmm. of of design okay. you know and even in well because it's know, very big in, in asia right now in yeah. asia yeah. it is also very big I, I would i would call it more of a primal kind of okay uh primal connection hmm. to design again it's paleo design <laughs> exactly <laughs> crossfit should be decked out with these things <laughs> but it certainly it certainly evolves from also connecting again with wellness mm. health productivity yep and i think that's where kind of the differences come come about yeah or even the likenesses between the two practices, mm -hmm. um, where there's certainly other levels though of it, of yeah. course, in terms of designing. Now, I guess you, we went back to the 80s. What was the what was his name again? That was um, Edward Wilson. Now, actually. was he the doctor? He was a horticulturalist. Oh, he was yes. a horticulturist. Because yes. I do recall the story um, one of the, where a doctor had noticed that the patients, this was in the 80s as well, that's yes. why I wasn't sure, because there was a story about a doctor who noticed that patients would recover faster when they were placed in, a, so people in the hospital that had an operation, mm -hmm. would recover, they said, two to three days faster than people who did not. And he, what he did is he linked it to just a window. Mm -hmm. So people that had a scene of nature could look out over the park, he found that actually recovered faster and he started following it. Absolutely. So that's, from what I understand, that's kind of where one of the first kind of modern interest in kind of how nature can help us heal started to come from. Are Absolutely. you familiar with that story? Yes, I yeah, am. Yeah. Yeah, so. And there's a lot more research that's going into that, mm -hmm. um, especially with healthcare or hospitals. Mm -hmm. uh, there's one in Singapore, actually, Co, uh, Cotec, uh, I can't remember the name right now, but um, they also implemented a lot of biophilic elements into the okay. hospital. Um, and it was actually a lot more open, lots of mm. garden spaces. Um, they have a green roof where they're actually producing their own food. Wow. Um, and they found that the patients there, you know, they love it. And I've been to that hospital and I have yes. to say, if I was, yeah. even if I'm not sick, Singapore, I would enjoy being in that Singapore space. really is on it. Uh, Singapore <laughs> yeah. really is. Uh, I mean, I've, I, you know, I spent a lot of time there. And one of the my favorite places to look actually at biophilic design is Singapore because they want to be, you know, they call themselves, they even say we want to be a city in a garden versus yes. you know, a lot of cities that say, you know, they want to have gardens in the city. They say we want to be the opposite. So I'll, I'll put some pictures on here. There's been some cool designs. Like yes. you said, like this hospital obviously is one. I don't know what the name of the building is, but they got this one building where it's very oddly shaped. Like it's not a square mm -hmm. building. It's all shaped. And they actually have like forests on every floor. Yes. Um, and it's then almost the, like a terraced. Yeah, it's terraced like a terrace. Yeah, it's a very strange. It's, it's cool looking, but it's yeah. definitely different. And then even their um, in the in their airport, I think it's the new terminal. They have a full out forest in there with this like vortex waterfall to create like the negative ions and yes. everything like and that. And then there's the super trees and the, oh, the gardens. Super the super yeah, trees. What's super that? trees and gardens by the bay. So oh, okay. they are 
basically a artificial structure. Oh yes, that yes. was built Those to big things that look like trees, and all yeah. the plants were growing within it. And yeah, actually, oh. all the waste is also being. Um, oh, see, I've I've seen those, but I've never actually gone up super super close to them. So that's yes. right down there by Marina on the Bay, I think. Yes. Yeah, and then that's by that big building that looks like a boat sitting on top. Yes, of, yeah. <laughs> they have some strange stuff going on in yes, Singapore, they do. don't they? But it's it's an interesting city because they're only about really all, all that's been built in the last twenty to thirty years. I yes. Mean, before that, if you look at Singapore fifty years ago, it was nothing. Exactly. But yeah, there, there are. I mean, so much interesting stuff. Now let's talk a little bit about um, so biophilic design. There, you have small, like you have, like you said, you have small versions of it, and then you got gigantic versions of it. What are sort of some of the ones that you might see in Vancouver? Some ideas. Um, in Vancouver, a lot of it is you know just bringing in. Um, plants and everything into the indoor space because mm -hmm. you know Vancouver is very urban yeah uh, so similar to Singapore except very different environment very different um, you know we do spend 90% of our <laughs> lives indoors mm -hmm. um, which is a, a big um, a big challenge you know mm -hmm. to bring nature indoors uh, there's still a lot of green spaces in Vancouver yeah so that's kind of where it's missing. Yeah, I know that wants to be a big park. Like they said, they want to have a park within 400 meters of everybody's house. That's yes. a big one. Are there any particular, um, are there any sort of examples of biophilic design that you can think of off the top of your head that are maybe yeah. indoor? Um, so uh, we recently did, or I would say about a year ago, we did the botanist restaurant um, at the Fairmont Pacific Rim. Okay. Uh, so we've worked with restaurants, we work with offices a lot, mm -hmm. um, a lot of green walls. Uh, but this one in particular, and we're seeing a lot more, is more of an integration between preserved and live elements of nature. Mm -hmm. um, it could be trellises hanging from the ceiling, uh, planters in the garden spaces, um, and other elements in terms of lighting, changing mm -hmm. the lighting too so that we could actually harness um, that energy that the plants need and everything yeah. like that. So um, how does one get a background in bioflick design I'm assuming you're do you like start off as an interior designer do you start off as a horticulturalist like how does that go about well I think it's really a fusion of very you know different practices mm -hmm. um, I came from the environmental side actually I was more of a scientist before so I was okay. working mostly outside understanding natural cycles mm -hmm. um, and then when I returned to school which actually I, I studied in Singapore uh, it was a very new and different program, but it was integrated design. So you're working with um, you're working with project managers, architects, designers, and scientists, engineers, and you're looking at uh, a building as a whole. So very holistic form of design. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just about you know having plants indoors, but what that does for the air quality, mm -hmm. um, the circulation of air, the lighting, the comfort the wellness, everything like that, you look at those different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, even if you're, you know, an engineer, if you're, you know, an interior designer and you want to pick up these elements of biophilic design, there's certainly ways mm -hmm. that you can do that. Now, do you have to learn, because there's, there's so many plants. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like NASA has its top 10 list of ones that clean the air that a lot of people are familiar with. Um, but I mean, like, you know, you have ones that need full sunlight, ones that need darkness. So you must have to learn a lot about what kind of plants. Because an office <laughs> you calls do. you in that says, okay, we have, you know, we're in a basement. Or one that says, you know, we have tons of windows. So, mm -hmm. like, how do you start learning? Like, if you're a typical, you know, designer and you're in school and you're, you know, you're learning your AutoCAD and stuff. 
Yes. How do you start, to, where would you start to understand all the plants? Well, that just comes from experience as well, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, I didn't know all of the indoor tropicals. When you work in an indoor space, you have to know a lot of tropical plants. Mm -hmm. And also those that are available to you as yeah. well that you can design with. And I guess you'd have to know which ones are toxic too, for, especially yeah. if you're like, you know, if you're putting them in a daycare. Because I know there's plants that are toxic to pets Or even pets, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Huh. So. Um, and there's even times when you have to design so that it's not in reach, yeah. too much in reach, especially with the moss that we have. Sometimes the children, they like to touch mm -hmm. it a lot. And so you yeah. do have to design in those ways yeah. so that you can still access and yeah, view it. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, now, you see a lot of these green walls popping up everywhere. Yes. Um, what, what do you think, like, how would somebody, if somebody wanted to start incorporating biophilic designs, say, into their home or into their a small business like mm -hmm. what sort of stuff would you besides calling you guys up and saying come on and do it where would you kind of suggest that's the easiest ways for people to normally start um i would normally start with asking them you know in terms of their lifestyle mm -hmm. um how familiar are you with plants how much of an experience do you want to have with those plants okay. do you want to be very hands-on or do you want to be you know I want to, you know, sit back and enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the, the plant life no without work. having to take too much care of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I know a lot in Vancouver, a lot of people have busy lives or, you know, they're in an office where they don't really have a designated mm -hmm. maintenance personnel. Uh, we offer those packages and whatnot, those services to be able mm. to do that for them. Yeah. But also we, we like to recognize essentially how much maintenance or how much care they want to put into it mm -hmm. and then decide from there what which you know option is the best one for them mm -hmm. um and then in terms of style and everything like that because yeah, it's very sure. cultural biophilic oh, yeah, design imagine. has a very it's very cultural difference in terms of what nature what nature we envision when we connect with it and everything mm -hmm. like that well yeah because i guess somebody you know from say somebody from a hot asian country yes. is probably going to be more into the tropical plants and stuff like that mm -hmm. or somebody who's more used to, who's never been there it's kind of foreign to them yes. where they might want more uh, there's somebody just like we'll say canadian for instance might want more like evergreen trees and stuff like that yes. and just the more mossy and sort of ideas yes yeah. absolutely and then i guess you would have you know like you were doing lots of say native Canadians place. There might mm -hmm. be some elements of like that yeah. art in there. And as we well. have done a lot of um, different moss kind of art installations using you know more native art, mm -hmm. um, and then a lot of local kind of BC style okay. uh, adaptations of design and everything like that. Hmm. So now, how has biophilic design caught on in Canada so far? Okay. Canada, Canada. I was just—I just did a post the other day on Facebook actually talking about the difference between Americans and Canadians. Not really to do with this, but you know, I got friends and they have different startups, and they'll say, "Yeah, Canada just doesn't buy this and they don't buy that." And I'll talk to people, and it just seems Canadians are really behind a lot when it comes <laughs> to modern trends in health. Like when I, because I was in Asia for six years, and I worked in nutrition stores when I left, mm -hmm. and when I came back, I walked into the nutrition stores, in the and I was like. I felt like I hadn't left. I was like, wow, there's, there's so many designs. We, you know, like, so many changes, sorry. So many changes, whether we're talking like, you know, things like biophilic design is one, but things like biohacking. The term biohacking did not exist. That's true. When I yes. left for Canada, uh, when I left for Asia, and I came back, and, but, you know, none of the stores are on that. It's like, I felt like I walked back in time. So how has Canada embraced biophilic design compared to other well, places? I had kind of the same thing. So I returned from Asia in 2014. Okay. And first, I, I, you know, 
the different perspectives. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you, when you come here, you think, you know, oh, Canada's very slow at taking up these things. But, you know, we have a much smaller population. We're very yeah. spread out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in terms of design, we don't really have that tropic environment where we're really, you know, living in such harsh climate. We're actually pretty lucky in Vancouver yeah, in particular to have this climate where we can Especially be outdoors. Especially right now in Ontario, it's 23. <laughs> Whereas Singapore, it's too humid. You don't want to be outdoors too much because yeah. it's too hot. And yep. then in other provinces of Canada, it's just too cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found, you know, education is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, once you educate those about their options or ways that you can design and incorporate nature indoors. Uh, most I find are very keen on doing that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's grown in, in even the last three years that I've been with By Nature. I find that the interest has sparked a lot, yeah. um, especially with designers and architects. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're interested in learning more. Uh, we do a lot of lunch and learns and everything like that to, to work together and collaborate a lot more. So what's a lunch and learn? A lunch and learn is where we go in um, during their lunch break to like an oh, architecture okay. or design firm and we you know provide a you know a, a lunch in particular and then we uh, show them all the different projects that we're working on and different mm-hmm. options that they can design with okay yeah so what are some other features then besides plants you had mentioned some water features what are some examples of water features yeah. that one would expect to see so similar to like a, a live wall mm-hmm. uh, there's like ways that we can create kind of fountains and oh, okay. irrigate or not irrigate just the green wall but also have a water feature where it's actually you know oh, okay yeah, I've air, seen some of those. They're like, you can even plug a man in, there's like a waterfall running down your wall, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, they're there's a cheap. lot of standalone ones. No, <laughs> they are, they are not they're cheap. Not cheap. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're always looking at ways to innovate and create mm-hmm. new products. So, uh, one thing that we are looking to do is work a lot more with uh, furniture designers, product designers, and see how we can integrate different forms of lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you can see the light fixture above you, but integrating plants in all, all sorts of different spaces. Yeah. Now, um, another thing I wanted to ask you was, you talked about, besides water features and the other ones, you would mention wood, because mm-hmm. I've seen some examples of biofuel, because when I thought of biofuel design at the beginning, I thought it was just plant. But then you'll, you'll show these really cool structures they've built out of wood with all these like, shapes have a lot. Like, can you explain more about the shapes and how shapes kind of work with nature? And, Right. So respond to them. It's um, it's especially important even today because you know we're we're constantly plugged in, mm-hmm. but just natural stimuli again, uh, seeing natural shapes, natural forms, natural materials. Mm-hmm. Um, even though this this tree has been adapted into a table, um, to our eyes, it's still a natural um, shape mm-hmm. and form. And actually, we don't really realize it sometimes how it makes us feel, but when we're looking at something that's more artificial or mm-hmm. something that's built rather than, you know, something that is more natural in nature, it actually changes the way uh, we think mm-hmm. and our productivity levels. Um, it affects our moods quite a lot, mm-hmm. um, and they are doing a lot more research into that. You know, yeah. they're looking at at uh, say, for example, offices that have moved from. A building that was, you know, traditional building. It's mm-hmm. it's boxed. It's it's got no aspects of, of nature or anything indoors. Mm-hmm. Just harsh lighting, lighting. No windows. No views of you know, green spaces. Yeah. And then they bring them into a building that is. Um, mm-hmm. It's been changed, and you know, you have views of nature. You have breakout spaces, uh, places where you can just get away from the screen and view 
uh, nature and mm -hmm. the natural stimuli and it actually has caused a lot less uh, sick days and mm -hmm. a lot of because there's uh, a less lot stress. of evidence that shows you know besides what we talked about earlier was the you know the the doctors that was one you know like mm -hmm. you said it's been that's been shown again and again that nature basically helps you heal yes um it's productivity um that's an interesting one too because a lot of people don't know it but big like biophilic design is becoming very big with a lot of the big companies like mm -hmm. i know facebook and google amazon a lot of them are looking into this now do you know about these biophilic spheres in seattle is that the ones at the Amazon? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Am I can never remember. So it is Amazon. It is I would, Amazon. I would, can never remember yeah. if it's Amazon or Google who it is. Yeah, because they've actually built these. Now they're kind of secretive about it. From what I understand, <laughs> you can't seem to find them. But they're basically they're yeah. just these huge, huge glass spheres or like forests inside this like this big glass ball. And mm -hmm. there's actually offices inside of there. Um, so it's really interesting how you know how much we connect with nature. And I guess that's one of the reasons, you know, I think, would you say that's one of the reasons biophilic design is catching on? Because for the last little while that, you know, in the health and fitness industry, there's right now, and only started a couple of years ago, which is actually one of the mm -hmm. reasons I moved back. There was a kind of this big push towards the holistic, you know, the holistic sort of side, like even Weight Watchers becoming wellness watchers. Okay. I mean, you know, a lot. Of, so there's been a real movement towards the holistic side. Do you think that's because for a while there, kind of 90s and early 2000s, we just got so far away from nature? We did, yeah. And yes. we started kicking in like paleo diets and everything kind of went, went back to nature again? Yes. Is that something you would say the reason why biophilic design is kind of catching on now? I certainly would. I think they're all connected. Um, mm -hmm. We're starting to look more at our health. Yeah. And in general, and what we can do about it, whether it's diet, um, mm -hmm. uh, also design, everything in terms of our, our cycles, uh, how we how we live in our, our lifestyle in general, right? Yeah. It's there's become the, increasingly important. So. Yeah, and there's been a lot of research, like we were talking about off camera, we were talking about a little bit about like Dr. Sachin Panda, his book, The Circadian Code. Right. Now, do you guys, um, when you guys are talking to, uh, I don't know so much with a company, but like at home, do you talk about circadian timing with people at all? Like, do you get into that sort not of stuff? So much, no, not so much, but I'd be much. interested in learning a little bit more about that and yeah. the biorhythms and yeah, how everything affects. Yeah, because the biorhythms are really interesting. Because, yeah, like I said, feng shui, like feng shui really is a kind of a thousands of year old, mm -hmm. and which is which is an actually offshoot of Vastu, which was the original, which is the Indian one. But yeah, the whole thing was about living within your circadian rhythm, pretty much. And it was all about, you know, sun and moon and sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And they, obviously, 6,000, 5,000 years ago, they used very strange language, you know, like chi and dragons and everything mm -hmm. like that. But at the end of the day, it really is just living with nature. And I just find it interesting that we're coming back to this and so, so much more holistic, whether you're talking about biophilic design or like we talked to Kate, the, the wellness architect. And then you got guys now who are talking about EMFs and you yes. know, the, the potential dangers of EMFs and that sort we're of stuff. We're almost rediscovering what used to be yeah. our lifestyles. And, which is and I'm assuming you've heard of Shinran Yoku. Yes. Which is, yes. yeah, the Japanese forest bathing. Which brings me to my next point. I read Doctor. I believe it was. I can't remember his whole name, but I think it, I think they ended with Lee. Anyways, I think it was Doctor Ching Ching Lee. Okay. He wrote the book The Forest Bathing. Okay. Um, and one of the things that he noticed is uh, when people go into the forest, um, particularly around evergreen trees, I think mm -hmm. the scent from the trees actually increased their white blood cell count. Mm -hmm. And what he did is he said, I wonder if we were to take this inside. 
really. So take these trees basically inside if this would happen. And so what he did is they used the essential oils, I yes. guess, from evergreen trees. And people responded still, even at just the smell. Mm -hmm. Do you guys talk about aromatherapy or the use of that sort of odor when it's like scents? When yeah, you're doing so it's too? kind of funny. Actually, one of our uh, longest clients uh, is Sage Wellness. Okay, yep. And they the work aromatherapy a lot with those. stores. Yeah. So usually when we have our, you know, we design our booths, we like to incorporate not just, you know, the physical nature, the mm -hmm. sounds as well, and yep. also the smells. Okay, so you guys could do sounds as well. Yes. What kind of sounds do you recommend? <laughs> uh, well, in particular, it depends. You know, once well, again, for me, I'm, client, a, yeah. I'm a water, I'm a, a water baby, so I love the sounds of the ocean. Okay, so you like the um, waves? Yes, okay. I do. But we've had a lot of bird sounds in mm -hmm. particular, especially for you know working with plants and trees. Yeah, um, that's what I wake up to every day. Yeah, I have bird a, sounds. I basically have a Philips wake up light. Okay. You know, it's one of those lights where it, uh, you know, basically sit, uh, let's say you want to get up at 6 a.m. So at 5.30, it starts to glow really, really light. Like you can barely notice it. And over the next 30 minutes, it goes up incre by increment, like mm -hmm. every minute. Uh, and then if you don't finally wake up when the light goes off, which is unusual, you wake up to, you can pick different sounds. One of them is waves. Okay. And one of them is bird sounds. And then yeah. there's a river and stuff like that, too. So I think uh, probably the next thing is uh, like living buildings, for example. Yeah, let's like talk about building living buildings. So. Well, I I mean, it's it's still new to me as well, but mm -hmm. living buildings, of course, instead of um, the user kind of changing the building itself, it, the building is actually uh, responding to the environment that it's surrounded by. Hmm. Um, so how would so that work? The, so the windows can open up if oh, the temperatures okay. uh, get a little bit higher in the indoor space, the oh, windows okay. can open up. It's almost like the, the building's almost breathing in a sense. Hmm. And also you talked about circadian rhythms. What about light? Yeah. You know, um, if it's sunny out, we probably don't need as much of that artificial light mm -hmm. on, and they can respond in that sense. So would those all be? So are those like smart homes? Would that be all like Wi-Fi connected? Yeah, it would be. It could be good and bad, yeah. I guess. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, then there's also a lot more houses too, where, which we try to block out yeah. any of those waves and everything, so that we can have, oh. you know, our so natural. You guys, waves. sorry. What, you do that? What, what do we don't know? do that, no. but hopefully okay. one yeah. day we can work and incorporate everything okay. all together now, so we understand all. Uh, do you know, guys work with, um, like, do you guys mostly do commercial? Is it commercial that you deal most with? Uh, we work with both, residential and commercial. Okay. Um, but I would say uh, it's more popular probably in commercial, mm -hmm. just because um, in commercial offices, they're, they're mostly towers or, you yeah. know, very um, kind of, it's more of the built environment where there is a mm -hmm. lack of nature. So a lot of our clients can benefit, of course, now, from having Why them. do you find your clients call you? Is it merely for the for the research on productivity, research on the health, or is it just more because they're interested in it? It's like their company? Like what are the it's reasons? It's hard to say the reasons why, but I think, you know, it stems from people know that they want nature. They they want to be connected. They want plants and they want that in the indoor space. Mm -hmm. um, whether or not it's because they they feel like you know it's going to benefit their productivity or even their their sick days, their business bottom line. Mm -hmm. There's many different reasons why. It's not always you know apparent. Yeah. But I would say you know that's that's of course an, a natural kind of instinct for yeah. them to have those have, plants nearby. Have you done any offices where you placed like meditation spaces in them and stuff like that too yet? Uh, we have worked with meditation spas and everything like that. So, okay. and what I'm finding is more, it's actually coming from 
from them a little bit more than it is from us. Really? Um, they're kind of giving us ideas about, you know, I want this space, I want... They, they kind of know what they like, and mm -hmm. we like to work with them to, to understand essentially what what hmm. forms of nature do they want to incorporate into their space. You know where it seems to me this would be a no-brainer, um, and I don't know why, you know, I could be wrong, maybe they are doing it. Like mm -hmm. you said, you know, a lot of offices are doing it. You know, you talked about a couple of hospitals, mm -hmm. but old age homes. It seems like senior centers and old age homes would be a no-brainer for that. But I've never seen any yet. Have you worked on any yet that have? Uh, we have had some inquiries for care centers. Yeah. Uh, the one, they would love to have some green it just, walls, It actually. just seems to make sense. Yes. You know, I think you'd have, A, happier, cranky old people. <laughs> <laughs> but B, you'd probably have a little less illnesses on them, yeah. too. You know, because like you said, it inspires you to maybe move around a bit more. But yeah, I'm yeah. surprised, I'm surprised more uh, senior centers aren't picking up on this yet. Yes. And I don't know why, but um, when we go back to even hospitals and health, mm -hmm. you know, even having a garden to tend to yeah. is so rewarding, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, yeah, it's been shown. I mean, you look at the blue zones, and they, they're always, you know, gardening is always a big one. They're always mm -hmm. talking about the importance of gardening. Which brings me to another point. Um, do you guys get into, um, I did, when I had a, a podcast recently with Kate, uh, the mm -hmm. wellness architect, we spent a lot of time talking about kitchens. Mm -hmm. Have you guys done any kitchen design? Because I know this indoor herb and stuff is quite large yeah started getting into, have you had done any of that in homes or restaurants or? uh yes well in particular there was uh the botanist as well mm -hmm. um they wanted some botanically interesting plants of course okay. to kind of incite a little bit more about uh physiology of plants and biology of plants mm -hmm. uh to kind of allow people to think about those a little bit more almost like you're in a conservatory of plants mm -hmm. um, but working also because they uh, source a lot of local uh, foods um, they wanted to also incorporate an herb garden okay. so that's something that we implemented in their outdoor garden space mm -hmm. um, the one thing about herbs is they do like a lot of sunlight yeah um, so it can be difficult and they do like a wintering season for the most part in okay. order to keep them generating so um, those are some of the factors. It is a little bit more maintenance involved yeah. with herb gardens. But. Now, I do a little bit of sprouting at home, but I want to grow some herbs. Now, those, um, you know how you can go, you have a terrarium, like a mm -hmm. terrarium for yeah. like your turtle or whatever? They have those long fluorescent lights, yes. you know, that you can put in your terrarium. Um, could those, you could use those, I guess, for plants too, right? You could, because what I was thinking is I have this wood shelf, um, similar ones you have over here, but just smaller version, Ikea yeah. wooden shelves. What I was thinking of doing was, you know, having my plant tray and then screwing in some of these terrarium mm -hmm. bulbs into there. So Absolutely. So herbs all year round. There are some units like that, yeah, and I'm working with some partners as well that have okay. designed some ideas about how to, you know, grow their herb garden in, inside. And yeah. Be efficient, uh, efficient with the space as well, mm -hmm. so you can build kind of more towers and have a system indoors. Yeah, because a few years ago, I mean, it wasn't a thing, but now you can literally walk into, you know, Kane Tire, Walmart, even Ikea, and they have all these herb pot plants you can get that mm -hmm. hang in your kitchen and stuff like that. So yeah. I just find it really fascinating how it's interesting. But yeah, we were talking about um, the kitchen of the future. Okay. And I was saying, I think the kitchen of the future, because really, the, the kitchen is the nourishment center of your home. For sure. I mean, it's, just, it's, a, it's obvious that's where you cook your food. Yes. So to me, it just seems a no-brainer that one would want to have a very natural kitchen that focuses on lighting mm -hmm. uh, and then focuses on, you know, growing your own herbs and stuff like that, too. Mm -hmm. So uh, do you have sprouts in your home? You got into, you got a living oh, kitchen I yet? used to. <laughs> I used to when I was uh, living in Montreal, actually, mm -hmm. I did have a, a whole 
uh, garden. Yeah. Like a, oh, kind okay. of a rooftop garden. Oh, wow. And I love growing my own food. Mm-hmm. Um, here in Vancouver, of course, people's apartments are a lot smaller. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I do not have a rooftop garden anymore. Yeah, no. This is this is my garden. Yeah, well, um, it's, it's a good one. <laughs> but essentially, um, yeah, I mean, there's always ways to make it easier mm-hmm. in terms of being able to grow your own food. And so we do have smaller systems, smaller units. Okay. Um, where you could actually just plant your, your, your seeds and then mm-hmm. there's actually a connected light. Oh, okay. So like individual systems now. And, you okay, know, I think cool. it's kind of a... You know, it's it might be in every kitchen one day. Yeah. Well, know, have you just seen because we we need a little bit more um, to be able to grow our own food a little bit more. Yeah, I think so. Own. Have you seen this startup? It's on. I think it's on Kickstarter or whatever. You might you must have seen it. Yes. It's on Facebook. It's like the the circular thing, and it's like you can grow your garden inside your kitchen. Like it's it's an interesting. Yeah. It's, it's not cheap though. I mean, it's no. out there, but I think it was. I think it's over a thousand dollars or something for that kit. I don't think. It's yeah, nothing cheap. is ever really cheap when it first comes out. But no. you know, you have more and more people designing different ways that you can incorporate, you mm-hmm. know, uh, plants and herbs in, in your home. So, yeah. what are some of the easiest plants for people to start putting in their houses right now, or, um, or the most functional? Let's talk about easy ones and then functional when it comes to air care. Well, air care, um, spider plants are always really good ones. Okay. They do filter the air. And I would say spider plants are probably one of the easier ones to, to plant. Because they don't need a grow. lot of light either, do they? They don't need a lot of light. Hmm. Um, either do pothos as well, which Sorry? are more of the... Uh, puffles? Pothos. Pothos. So they're a trailing plant. Oh, okay. Um, they tend to do really well also. Um, do need to be trimmed back though. Um, Is that like the English ivy? No, there's no? English okay. ivy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little bit more, they like shade a little bit more. Yeah, those are the ones that um, tend to take over all, like your whole house, if you yeah. like them. Yeah, peace lilies, <laughs> everything like that. Yeah, I um, saw a peace lily at the mall. They have about 45 bucks, I think, for it. It was a big one. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. yeah, so you could always start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that don't have very much light, um, you'll see Sansevierias or the Zamiococas and they're very low light tolerant. Okay. Yeah, they tend to do well. What are your thoughts on Himalayan rock salt lamps? Ah, I actually <laughs> have one. Because yeah, rocks are a part of biophilic yeah. design too, I would assume. Yes. Yeah, you have one at home? I do. I do yeah. have one at home. Do you think it actually prevents all those EMFs from all of your house? I'm not sure. I think <laughs> yeah. maybe um, it needs to be bigger. Yeah, I think it would have <laughs> to be a lot on... bigger. Maybe if you stood yeah. right beside, I think if, maybe if you place it like right beside the Wi Fi router. I don't know. But yeah. they, they're beautiful, though, besides that. I mean, I have one too. I think they're great. But I think that a lot of the claims about how they, uh, you know, they fill your house with, you know, what is it? Um, negative ions. Mm-hmm. Negative probably ions. Probably a little over. Which you also get from the water and everything. Like yeah. 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 I think you'd probably be better off with more with a water feature. I think mm-hmm. if you had a pretty decent sized water feature. Yeah. So. And open your windows. Yeah. That, you and that's what we that's what we talked about too. Actually, uh, I think I think the I think the last two people that I've interviewed actually the um, Kate. I'm pretty sure we talked about that, and also we interviewed recently a building biologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he both everybody basically open your windows. Mm-hmm. Try to have your windows open at least one centimeter yes. if you can all year round. Yes. Yeah. Now, where can people then find out more about biophilic design? Like, where the, the an average person just Google it? Do you have any good resources? Uh, well, they can visit our website. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have some explanations and examples of that. Um, okay. I find also there's certain, you know, green architecture magazines mm-hmm. in particular that okay. um, produce a lot of interesting um, articles on it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I, uh, we actually have the monitor as well, which is more on the green roofs. Okay. Um, but a lot Sorry, of resources. Sorry, the monitor? What's the monitor? Monitor is another oh, magazine, magazine that's produced by okay. the green, uh, kind of a green building organization. Okay. Uh, in Canada uh, and the U.S. And um, in terms of, you know, finding the, the public, you know, readers out there, mm -hmm. I find that there's a lot more resources in the horticultural industry okay. for biophilic design. So mm -hmm. we just have to, you know, um, get those articles and those resources out in mm -hmm. general more to the public. Now, uh, have you heard of the WELL certification? Yes. Yeah, because so are you? Do you guys work with anything within that too? Is we it, do, yeah. and actually, all of us here at By Nature, we're going to be certified in the well oh, okay. wellness uh, certification program as well. Yeah, that's an interesting. Um, so that basically, for people that don't know, yeah. um, basically, that's a certification where the older ones, kind of not the older one, but the the original was kind of lead, right? Mm -hmm. Which is about building using sustainable materials and building with green materials. Um, but now well actually takes place more about what happens on the inside so mm -hmm. it's uh so you have to be lead i think and you can do well which is well it gets right down the cleaners and stuff you yes. use as well so you guys are working on getting all your yes. certifications and that as well exactly yeah that's interesting stuff um now what is your website then our website is bynaturedesign.ca bynaturedesign.ca yes. and then i see your instagram up there you're at, yes. uh, at by nature, by nature design. design yes and facebook would it be just by nature design again it's by nature design yeah, pretty it? much yeah. all around <laughs> yes. Yes. cool well i think that probably covers a good basics of biophilic design yeah is there anything else you want to touch on um, kind of missed? you know yeah if you ever have any questions regarding it, mm -hmm. just reach out to the, you know, reach out to us. Yeah. And um, you guys, like you said, people can call you up for, for do you do consults? We do consults as yeah. well. Okay. Lots of so somebody wants to bring a little more green or, or rocks or wood into yes. there. Yeah, they want, you want to get a little less sterile. If you don't know where to start, uh, yeah. you could always let us know. Particularly if you, you own <laughs> seniors' homes. Seniors' homes should be yeah, listening to this. Yeah, care centers, hospitals. Because yeah, those places are depressing. <laughs> I mean, they really are. Always just hear the beep of all the hospital yeah. stuff. You know, Ugh, don't like it. Hospital is a big one too. Yeah, and it makes a huge difference just to even have one plant next to you. you oh know? yeah, no, for sure, huge. When you're healing. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you. Perfect. Well, yeah. thank you, Roar. Thanks a lot. <laughs> You've been listening to the Health by Design podcast with wellness architect and functional lifestylist Roar Alexander. If you enjoyed this, please make sure you share it to all your social media so I can get the word out there. And don't forget to join me at www.roaralexander.com to get all the latest updates, blogs, podcasts, and guest interviews with my special guests from all over the world, as well as to set up your own personal call for one-on-one -on -one coaching through my Health by Design Life and Body Transformation programs. Again, that's www.roaralexander.com. I'll see you again soon. And again, thanks for tuning in to the Health by Design podcast.